Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 158, where in a moment we chat 10 tips to improve your credit score. That's in just a second, as I say, but please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. In our programs today, we featured loads of things, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney, and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. Last time we chatted more than motivation with guest expert Fiona McIntosh. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and he's the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, so 10 top tips to improve your credit score. I always enjoy this type of show. Lots of advice in an easy format. But before we dive into them, Phil, maybe worth a reminder of a few things like what a credit score actually is and why it's important. Yeah, you've got a, a credit score and a credit rating. And a credit score, really, it's just a way that financial institutions can rate you as a good prospect for repaying any credit. I'd probably say that's about the, the best way to describe it. There's a lot of factors going to making up your credit score. Credit reference agencies give people a score based on a number of factors. But if you've got a high score, they would then see you as being very likely to repay your credit commitments. Whereas if you've got a low score, they might feel that the chances of you repaying your credit might be quite low. This could be because you've maybe missed payments in the past or had some sort of financial difficulties. There was a study recently, and it actually showed that 46% of UK consumers never think about their credit score. Um, and it also said that 20% of those didn't know how to improve it either. So hopefully today's show will be, be of use to, to some people to, to help them get a credit score. Better credit score you've got, Gives you not only just access to credit, but you're also likely to get credit at better terms, so better interest rates available, thus then not costing you so much money. Okay, can I find out what my credit score is and where can I do that? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I use a website called Credit Karma. It's free. The only downside is they, they do get you to try and like take out various things and you, you get, because it's free, you don't get nothing for nothing. So they've got like adverts that they'll, they'll send you and try to get you to sign up for this and that and, and various things. But it gives me access to what's called my TransUnion credit report. Now, the, the three main credit reference agencies are Experian, Equifax and TransUnion. So they, they're the main sort of credit reference agencies. I know the advisors at my firm, they, they tend to recommend people use a website called checkmyfile.com. Now, it's free for 30 days. On there, you can actually check your credit report and credit score from Experian, Equifax and TransUnion. The only downside is that if you don't cancel it after that 30 days, I think the cost is $14.99 per month thereafter. And that website, it looks at your, your credit report, as I say, for the, the three main credit reference agencies. Our guys tend to use that one or recommend that one because if someone's taken out a mortgage, there may be 
sort of like differences between what's on maybe your Experian report and what's on your Equifax report. Some lenders will use one company, some will use another. So that's why they often suggest that particular one. But like I say, the the one that I the website I use, which is free, is called Credit Karma, and I can go on there, have a look at my score, have a look at all what's in that report, and make sure that it's all correct and and as it should be. So just before we get on to the the top tips, you mentioned there there were three different ones there, three sort of biggies, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, I think you said. That's right, yeah. So the way that they calculate credit scores may may differ. They may have different results for your credit score. Is that what you're saying there? Yeah, I mean, it it depends on the credit credit reference agency. Um, They all work in slightly different ways, and they've all got slightly different scores. But basically... The higher your score, the better your, your credit rating. Now, Equifax, for example, they use a scale of zero to a thousand. If you've got a score of 811 or more, you're classed as, as an excellent sort of, is your, your score there. If it was 438 or under, they then class that as, as poor. TransUnion are different. They work on a scale of zero to 710, which seems an odd kind of number. But if your score is 604 or more, they class that as good. Anything between zero and 565 with them is classed as as poor. But like I say, generally, the higher your score, the lower the risk to the lender or potential lenders that you're you're going to default on any credit that you have. Okay, and the weird thing about this is I know that I have a very high credit score. <laughs> Does that mean that I'm rich? No, it means that I've got a lot of credit and I'm still paying it. It's 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 a strange thing. It's helpful in some ways and perhaps not in others. But a good credit score you covered off there, Phil, is, is sort of the higher, the, the, the better in this instance. So let's get into 10 tips to improve your credit score or rating. Number one, we've already touched upon it. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Take us through it. Yeah, number one, I say check your credit file and make sure it's correct. What you can find is mistakes on there can be costly. You want to check that everything is as it should be. It might be that you maybe innocently missed a payment on something. So if that happened, you want to make sure that that gets made up. I've seen somebody once they'd uh, an issue with a mobile phone and it wasn't, they didn't know about it until they changed address and forgot to notify them. And by checking their file, they could then get that like rectified. Also good to check your file to make sure there's nothing fraudulent on there because fraudsters these days, they all the scams and scammers are becoming more sophisticated all the time. Um, and I have came across people who've had things on their credit file that had nothing to do with them. So you want to check from, from that point of view as well. Okay, check your credit file. Make sure it's correct is tip number one. Number two, I can see here, but I'm not sure why it's of relevance. I'm sure you'll explain it to me, Phil. Yeah, n- number two, I say make sure that you're on the voters' roll. This is actually one of the easiest ways to improve your credit score. What I would say is make sure that you're on the what's called the open register, and that way credit reference agencies can see that you're on the voters' roll. But the, the reason it's a, a good one for improving your, your score is companies like to see a good address history. Um, if, if someone's moving about a lot, they don't tend to like that so much. But if you're actually on the voters' role, they can say, yep, they're definitely at that address. And that enhances your the, the points that's allocated when, when they're doing your score. So that's an easy win when it comes to improving your credit score. I'm going to come back to you in this one because I'm on the voters' role, obviously, but we're not visible 
So if you looked for it, you know, you, you wouldn't see where we are. And that's specifically to avoid getting someone throwing bricks through my window yeah. because of my other job. Will that affect my credit score if I'm not on the, yeah, the I mean, if, public if road? you're on, like I say, they, they've got that open register. So that's where, like, people can, like, see, you know, I look up the register yeah. and see it on there. Now, what you tend to find, I mean, the, some of the reasons people maybe wouldn't have wanted that in the past is things like for getting hit with junk mail-ins and, and stuff. That would have been sure. one reason. Now, I know there, there's sort of GDPR and sort of data protection things now, but if you're on that open register, the companies can see that and they can see that you're on the voter's roll. I've had some cases in the past where people have said to me, oh, I'm on the voter's roll, but it's not shown on my credit report. And that's probably the, the reason why. Right. Okay. I just remind you, you don't have to vote if you think they're all banned pots, but it is important that you're on the roll. I have to admit, I could have had all day trying to guess what these top 10 tips were going to be ahead of starting today's show. And I'm certain I would never have come up with that one. Tip three, though, seems more straightforward, at least in terms of theory, Phil. Yeah, this one, pay your bills on time. Making payments on time, it's a big factor when it comes to your credit score. You want to make sure that you're paying things like credit cards, loans, especially a mortgage. You want all that sort of things to be paid on time. Late payments, it can have quite a big impact on your score. Lenders like to see that you're reliable. Um, so if they see that you're making payments on your credit each month on time, they're going to see that as a good thing. Okay. Do, now, not that I'm encouraging this, but if, for instance, there is a there is a, a situation where you're not going to make all your bills on time, you you know you don't have enough to cover it. Is there an order of preference for which bills you pay and which ones you drop? If it's you know if you're still trying to protect your credit score, is there is there a way that you should go about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would always say, I mean, with, with for example, a mortgage, it's secured against your property. So if you don't keep up payments on a on that on a mortgage, you could well lose your home at some point in time. Likewise, sometimes your payments on a car might be secured on on it as well, depending on the way it's been set up. You, you would probably rate. For example, the mortgage is the, the sort of main priority. Things like loans, credit cards. I would say if someone's struggling with that, speak to the companies. They can sometimes make an arrangement to, to pay or they might accept a reduced amount for, for a set period. Try to pay your bills on time is a big factor when it comes to your, your credit score and credit rating. Okay. You're listening to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. We're working through 10 tips to improve your credit score. What's number four, Phil? Yeah, number four, limit new credit applications. And, and what I mean by that is if you apply for too many lines of credit too quickly, lenders can sometimes get a bit suspicious. Um, so only try to only apply for credit where it's needed. What, what they worry about is that someone may take out a credit card here, another one there, max out everything, and then have no intention of paying it back. So lenders can be, be a wee bit wary when it comes to that. So try to limit your, your new credit applications where you can. Number five, it seems like more of a straightforward one again. Yeah, no, number five, don't max out your credit cards. If you're close to your credit limit each month, this could indicate to companies that you aren't great with money. On your credit cards, ideally, I mean, you, you don't want to have over 50% of your balance outstanding each month. And again, with interest rates on credit cards, you really want to be trying to repay them in full each month. And if you do have a balance, I'd even say try to keep it to like a third of your credit limit would be, be ideal. But certainly you didn't really want to be going and maxing it out and just paying the minimum payments each month. You want to be trying to not utilise 
and all your your credit because that'll have a positive impact on your score as well. I think tip six may come as a shock to a few people, Phil. Yeah, tip six is have some credit. Even if you've got something like, say, a credit card and you're paying it back each month, that can actually help. I've seen, it's sad, but I've seen some people apply for a mortgage, say, and and they've never had any credit before, which is really a good thing. I I was the same. I remember when I took my first mortgage out, I'd never had a credit card. I maybe had a loan, but I had never had much credit. And I've actually seen some people, their credit score might be low because there's no history of them ever having paid anything back. So even by having some credit, like I say, you can apply for a credit card and then maybe use it once or twice a month, but make sure you're paying it back so you're not getting stung with with any interest. That can actually be a a positive for your, your credit score. But like I say, having no credit, it can adversely affect your score. So having some lines of credit can and lenders see that you're you're actually repaying that um, as well. So sometimes actually just having some kind of credit can be a good thing for you. Okay, for tip seven, it's another one to do with the cards. So it's actually good to have some credit, but kind of the follow-up to that, Phil, is? Yeah, I've, I've kind of probably already mentioned that a wee bit, but make sure you make your minimum payments to your, your credit cards. I mean, I, I was saying there, you want to try and be not just making your minimum, but if you ideally if you can pay it off each month, great. But you want to make sure that you're paying the, the minimum to, to any credit cards. And if you have missed or late payments, it can have a big impact on your credit rating. So important to, to try and keep payments up there where, where you can. And as for the next couple, these are, again, perhaps things you, you wouldn't readily come up with if we asked you to sit down and write out what you thought would be included in the 10 tips to improve your credit score. Let's do number eight first, Phil. Yeah, next next one is keep mobile phone bills up to date. Now, a lot of people probably wouldn't realise that they actually would show on, on your credit file, but I, I see it quite a lot where somebody maybe they, they don't honour a mobile phone contract or they maybe didn't realise they were tied into a contract and then stopped making payments on that. But when you take out a mobile phone or, or a contract for that, what you'll tend to find is that the providers, they'll usually do a credit check and mobile phone contracts, they will often show up on your credit reports. So again, important to, to keep your payments up to date on, on those sort of things. And I gave the example earlier, somebody moved house and maybe forgot about an old phone that they had and then that was shown on their adversely on, on their credit file. So important to, to keep up to date with, with things like your mobile phone payments. Yeah, I think we nearly all have one these days. It's nuts to think that that could ultimately prevent you from buying a house. Tip number nine, again, maybe not one to cross your mind straight away. Perhaps you can explain, Phil, not just what this one is, but why it might be important. Yeah, the, the next one is disassociate yourself from any ex-partners or spouses Being linked to an ex-partner or spouse can be negative, especially if they've had a poor credit rating in the past. What happens there is that you're almost kind of classed as being guilty by association. People linked to you, they'll show in your credit file. So you want to disassociate from them um, if you're no longer connected with them. Because again, lenders might look at that and think, oh, his the partner has got adverse credit, so he might apply for credit and she would use it, so they might not get paid back. So if, if you do have ex-partners or spouses, you want to try and remove any links and connections with, with them. I mean, obviously, divorce would be one way of doing that, but if you're just cohabiting with someone, is there anything specific that you have to do yeah, in order but, to, to do that? But what happens to disassociate yourself, you, you would get a copy of your credit file, and if you saw that they were linked 
you then have to notify the credit reference agency. So that's when you would go to the likes of Experian, Equifax or TransUnion and say, look, I'm not associated with this person. And they would then make a note and take that off your, your credit file. So that's how you would go about disassociating Got yourself you. from, from someone. Uh, and last of all, as we do a quick celebratory fist bump here, tip number 10, Phil. Yeah, tip number 10 is listen to my podcast. Way <laughs> back on episode 20, we, we did a show which was purely on tips to improve your credit score and credit rating. Oh. It was only about half an hour long. One, one good way to get through it quicker is to put it on like double tie, like twice the speed <laughs> to get through it in I was like minutes. minions, yeah. I know, with our Scottish accent speaking quite fast, it might be even faster, but um, just a, a fairly short show there. And, and that one was purely dedicated to improving your, your credit score and credit rating. So that was episode 20, but it was quite a while ago that we did that one. So you'd need to, to scroll down a wee bit if you're looking for it on the, the various uh, podcast platforms. Uh, and those are the 10 tips to improve your credit score. If my score is good anyway, Phil, could it still improve? I mean, is this a worthwhile exercise for everybody to undertake? I think it, it's good to have sort of good financial habits and, and keeping your score at a good level is always worthwhile because you, you never know when you might want to apply or need to apply for, for credit in the future. So certainly you want your score to be as good as it, you, you can get it. And and certainly you, you want to try and keep that at a good level in the future as well. Now, as we always do, Phil, on your podcast, we take a look at how our subject matter has affected your own life, both professionally and personally. So what do you want to focus on from today's show? 10 tips to improve your credit score. Yeah, one, one thing with myself is working in financial services, I've got to have a, a good credit rate. And that's one of the things that's expected of, of us I check my file quite regularly to make sure that there's nothing fraudulent on there. Like I say, I urge people to do the same. You just never know when something can show up. I've seen it in the past with, with some clients and friends previously. So that would be a good sort of tip, but that's something I do quite regularly myself. Also on the podcast, a regular bit we delve into is your quote of the week. Being a fan, as you are, of influential and motivational sayings and quotes, what do you have for this week and our topic of 10 tips to improve your credit score? Not sure who came away with this one, but it's quite a good one. Repairing credit is not a quick fix. And, and one thing that's important to note, we haven't really touched on, but it's good to remember that you can ruin your credit score very quickly, but it always takes a lot longer to repair things. Um, I mean, you, you could have a really bad month, miss payments on heaps of things, and then all of a sudden your credit rating can plummet, but it's always going to take a bit longer for that to, to repair. So you've got to try and be patient when, when you're doing this as well. Absolutely. Now, Phil is very keen on helping you with your queries. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask it anonymously if that's what you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details in a moment. Give it to you after this. The first one is from Sarah, who says, Hi, Phil. My understanding is that the rate of inflation came down for the second time in a row last month, but everything still feels to me like it's a runaway train in terms of costs. What's going on? There's different measures of inflation and, and inflation will also differ massively from person to person, depending on what you're spending your money on and what's your main outgoings. The Office for National Statistics, on their website, there's a really good calculator. I think on Google, if you were just to type in Office for National Statistics, 
inflation calculator, you'd probably get the link to, to come up for it. But you can actually go on there and work out what your own personal inflation rate is. Now, the last time I did this, my personal rate of inflation was higher than the, the kind of average at, at that point. I did it this morning and mine came out at 5.1%. So that's actually just a wee bit below this time. But it's quite a good website to look at because you can put in your information and tailor it exactly to yourself. And that'll kind of give you like an inflation rate for you and your personal circumstances. But it does, it differs so much from, from person to person. Okay, next up, here's one from Alan in Belerno, who asks, Hi, Phil. At the end of last month, my employer decided to wind up the company I worked for, and I took voluntary redundancy as opposed to relocating to another part of the business. I genuinely don't know what I want to do next, but I do know I don't have to work for a while if I don't jump, if I don't want to jump straight back in. And I think that might be advisable given this didn't happen overnight. It's been a stressful few months. My question is, even though I might not be working, What's the best way to maximise my lump sum redundancy payment to work for me in the meantime? I, I would say for Alan, it's definitely recommend speaking to an independent financial advisor. You, you want to have a look and say, right, what's your plans for it? I mean, you, you would look and say, right, what's your plans going to be in the short term, medium, long term? When, when somebody is, is changing jobs, it's worth reviewing pensions, any employee benefits that you might have had with your, your last employer. It's also a good time to sit down and, and discuss your future plans. But a financial advisor can look at not just like options for your redundancy payment, but they can just look at your whole overall financial situation. Um, so I would definitely say for Alan, sitting down with an independent financial advisor would be, be a worthwhile exercise. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of stuff now. We may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 158 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's how you prefer things. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please also follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. 